There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. This is part two of the off-season, which myself and Matty the Waterboy brought back. It is an Origin special, where we're going through our most underrated Origin players of all time. In part one, which dropped this morning, which you can go back and have a listen to, we went through the backs. So from fullback through to halfback, in part two, we're going to take a deep dive into the engine room. We're going to talk about the most underrated forwards in Origin origin history. This one is an absolute cracker. I hope you thoroughly enjoy it and make sure you go back and listen to part one to listen to our most underrated pretty boys, the wingers, the centers, the fullbacks, and of course, the halves. A fantastic chat with Matty the Waterboy. Real, real dribbly stuff. Hope you enjoy it, guys. Part one available early this morning and here's part two talking about the most underrated forwards in origin history. All right, so we get into the forward pack, mate. You want to start in the front row? Okay. Who have you got? I'll let you pick New South Wales, Queensland, your choice. Front row. Oh, I've gone a I've gone a left field option for, for the front row, and I don't think anyone would guess this. I've actually gone Daniel Saifidi. Now, I wouldn't have guessed it. Yeah, look, I obviously worked at the Blues while he was there, so maybe my finger was on the pulse a little bit more then. I reckon he has been an 8 out of 10 at least in every single Origin game he's played, I'll run you. I'll run you through it. So he he debuted in 2019 after he did a bit of a job on Luke Keary. Um, like, you know, I think unfortunately Luke Keary got knocked out or broke his jaw or something. But he did a job on him like in the lead up to that, and then because of that, got a bit of media as an enforcer, and he got picked. He was thrown in the deep end immediately in Origin. He started the game. I'm pretty sure he. He might have even run done the first hit up. I'll have to check that one. But um, started immediately. So didn't even come off the bench. Was great in 2019. One of our better players. Now 2020, obviously so forgettable for New South Wales. Nathan Cleary won the Brad Fittler medal that year. I actually thought Daniel Saifidi should have won. I thought he was our best player. Definitely our best forward in that series. He was unbelievable. I'm pretty sure he scored a try that series might have been the next year but then in 2021 
He was a starting prop in game one when we absolutely whipped him. Starting prop in game two when we beat him 26-0, and he hasn't been in the team since. Every game in Origin he's played, he's been absolutely outstanding. Don't we, we? We do tend to have a lot of guys like that where you, if you, you know, they might not have, you know, the teams are in or whatever. Like, I, I think Michael Jennings is very similar. If you just watch their individual performances, very impressive. Yeah. Very, very impressive. And I agree with you, mate. I, I think DSAF's one of those guys. I remember when he first got picked, mate, the uproar was unbelievable. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. But there was no denying after his first game that he held his own. Not yeah. only held his own, he, he, was, he was our best front row forward that night. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah. As I said, I reckon he's highly underrated because no one no one speaks about how he's performed in literally every game he's played in. Um, and I guess he may have dropped off a little bit in club and that's why he didn't he hasn't been there since. I know his brother Jacob played last year and Jacob's origin game last year was probably in the best two or three games of his career. Like he was outstanding as well. So um, yeah, runs in the family. <laughs> the, the higher it goes, the better they get. Yeah, I'll back that. Now, I had uh, I had a couple of guys written down. And since I've been sitting here, you just got me thinking, and I'm actually thinking about just throwing in a new one there as a front row forward. Um, seeing how many origins he played. Yeah, fair whack. So my guy I'm going to go for as my front row forward, he's remembered um, probably as far as origin goes, he's remembered for an off-field, I was going to say incident, but it makes it sound like he, he did the wrong thing. Not really. He fell off a horse oh, um, yeah. in a – what would you describe it as? A bonding – Team bonding session. Team bonding. I think it was the Wayne Pierce side. Yeah, it, and be, yeah a, a bonding activity. Yeah. 08, 01, around that mark. About 2000, it, yeah. Around the 2000 time. 2000, was it? Because he, he was ruled out of the game. I think he got ruled out of the series. Yeah, because he? He, he dislocated his shoulder or something. Must have been 99 then, because he, yeah. he played he played all three games in 2000, played one game in 98. Robbie Kearns. I don't yeah. know if I've said his name. No, you I didn't. Be rare, yeah. Robbie Kearns. Uh, Robbie Kearns, who was obviously uh, the Melbourne Storm captain for a long period of time. Um, very, very tough guy, but also just, he would just go and do a job every single time. He didn't yeah. have, you know, unbelievable footwork, didn't have a crazy offload, but he would just do a job and was reliable every single time. As I said, remembered for falling off the horse. I believe it was in the, up there in the snowy mountains. But um, the other incident he's remembered for, of course, was in the rep arena, not state of origin. Uh, but he copped the high shot off Adrian Morley after 12 seconds. Um, and Adrian obviously got the red card after 12 seconds. It was wild. And Robbie Kearns was that guy. So, um, yeah, pretty wild, the career of Robbie Kearns. But... Yeah, so he fell off a horse at a training camp, breaking his collarbone in three places. What year? 1999. So 99. he got ruled out of the series and will be restricted to 13 games for that year. Um, and then he didn't play the grand final, but that wasn't because of the collarbone. That was a separate injury. Yeah, right. Yeah, because I, th I, I think there was a few guys that came off horses that day. I, I think there was more than him, but he was the only one that got injured. Yeah, right. Badly. And it was it was one of the, the shocking mishaps of a uh, origin camp there. I wonder, were they... I wonder if they were on the drink or not because I don't think they were. Yeah, because wasn't Wayne Pierce the coach? Yes. Yeah, yeah. and Wayne Pierce notoriously known break. as a non-drinker. Yeah. So yeah. ironically, the team bonding session with no alcohol has caused the most damage. It's wild. one of the most damage. Exactly right. Yeah, crazy. Uh, other guys I had there, I had the Kuma Stallion, Brett White. I always appreciated him in the Origin Arena. The other one I had that I sort of I thought, geez, I still think he's underappreciated by especially like our generation and guys that are younger than us. I did have Glenn Lazarus there, but then I thought sort of thought, ah. Oh, might yeah. be a step too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call him underrated. But I, I do think that just how good Lazarus was is underappreciated, especially when, you know, I think everyone constantly talks about Webkey and Seven Receiver. I'd take Lazarus over those two. Oh, yeah. He 
<laughs> but I feel where, like he's where, not where in where those conversations went. as much as he should be. He, he definitely is. And maybe because he's that little bit older and he's kind of forgotten so. about it a bit more. And but, he hasn't uh, stayed in the public eye and all that sort of stuff. But Well, he has, but not in... Rugby not in rugby so, league. Yeah, in yeah. politics, yeah. But obviously, premierships with Canberra, premiership with Brisbane uh, and captain the Melbourne, Melbourne Storm side. So, you know, what is it? I think it's five premierships across three teams. Three cards, which is just ridiculous. And I think all three of those, he was part of that team's first ever premiership victory. Yeah, wow. Just yeah, crazy. Right, okay. Fucking wild. Um, yeah, never undervalue the importance of having the best front row forward on the field. Uh, front row, mate. I took one from the eight in a row when you're looking at... This Queensland side and the guys that get all the recognition and everything. Uh, for me, there's always one guy that slept on that, once again, chuck him in a skill tester. Probably wouldn't compete with some of the great front row forwards of all time, but Nate Miles. Okay. Nate Miles was actually my second rower. Second rower. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. I picked him as a front rower, and you could go him second rower or front row forward. Uh, but I think it slept on. Do you know how many Origins he played? I know how many Origins he played. He made He's played more Origins than any New South Wales player. <laughs> 32 Origins, Nate Miles played. Yep. 32. Um, played the last five series in the front row. All the ones before that was in the second row. So you could pick him in either of those spots. But um, Nate Miles, just tough as nails. Uh, obviously, probably remembered once again for a negative getting punched by Paul Gallen. Uh, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I, I could give you fucking 31 reasons why. Paul Gallen picked out Nate Miles to be his guy because he was the on-field enforcer for Queensland for so long. He was the one that would do the dirty shit and get under our skin for years. And God, I fucking hated Nate Miles. Oh, he mate, he was public enemy number one for he so many years. He shit me to no end, but I've got nothing but respect for guys who just embrace being the villain. Yeah. And Nate Miles did that for years. 32 Origins. That's more than 10 years straight in yep. the front row playing origin yeah and more and freddie's got the record for new south wales who's on 31 31 so that, yeah so that says a lot nate miles he actually won the player of the series uh <laughs> in 2012 but i i love listening to people like cam smith and darren lockyer and jonathan thurston talk about nate miles and their selections because well nate miles was he was always pretty good at club and certainly at the dogs and the roosters he was he was pretty good at the titans as well but obviously you know that was at the back end of his career, but at the Roosters and at the at the Titans, like they barely won games when yeah. he was there. Like the Roosters had that one good year in 2010, but you know, in and amongst that, they were pretty poor seasons. And then at the Titans, he had pretty poor years. Uh, not he, sorry, the Titans as a club had pretty poor years. But they they trusted Nate Miles so much that he would step up in that Origin Arena that he consistently got picked and. It worked for him because he was bloody fantastic. Between 2006 and 2015, there was 30 State of Origins played. Nate played in 29 of them. Wow. Wow. So he, yeah, in that 10-year period, he played two less games than Brad Fittler did throughout his entire Origin career as our greatest. That's crazy. Yeah. Fucking unbelievable. Nate Miles heavily slept on. Who you got? Uh, wait, so this was props, right? Yeah, Queensland front row forward. Pr pretty similar. Probably, I've already ruined your back row for you. but Yeah, probably not as impactful um, as Nate Miles in terms of like games played, but similar in terms of just a front, a battle of front row who rolled his sleeves up in the eight in a row. I meant Benny Hannett. Because mm. obviously he, he came along. The polar uh, bear. Yeah, the big polar bear. He came along when, um, you know, Steve Price and, and Pedro were the big dogs and they were kind of on like at the back end of their careers. And, and he 
we did an interview with him up at um up at Gold Coast with Denon recently and just listening to his stories is so fascinating. Um how he just he pretty much took unders for the entirety of his of his career. Um yeah, he he is the only guy and Queenslanders will love this. He's the only guy to win a premiership at two different Queensland teams. He Incredible, won, isn't it? Yeah, he won 06 at the at the Bronx and won 2015 with the Cowboys. But um yeah, he was he was he was great in Origin. He's just one of those guys that constantly did his job. And I think I think he tells a story about how, you know, he was so nervous coming into his first game. I think Darren Lockie pulled him aside and said, just just do what you've been doing for club and we'll get the results. And they did, and he was part of a lot of winning series. So yeah, Benny Hunnett. He's never, he's never like talked about in that eight in a row team, but he was there. I still remember when I was growing up and going to the SFS every weekend to watch footy. He, he was coming off the bench for the Roosters, yeah, and he was as big as a fucking house, and you could tell that he just he trained his ass off. I want to I want to say like oh five to oh seven, he made a big transformation, yeah, uh, and really established himself. There's an old yarn that I, I don't know if he mentioned it on the potty or not, but he when he arrived down at the Roosters. He was staying like in a share house with a bunch of other junior roosters. Yeah. And this is, I want to say this is 04, 05, around that mark. And he goes down to the news agent down there at North Bondi, I believe it was, picks up the paper, grabs himself a scratchy. I think he won 150K. Oh, good. Yeah, like in his first few weeks down there um, living at Bondi, so which would have been heaps more than the, heaps more than the contract he was on yeah. at the roosters at that point. So wild story there. And I, not that I've met, Benny Hannett, but just seems to be one of the good guys. Yeah, mate, he's absolute legend when I met him. Um, 11 kids he has. One of the Only great 11. dads. One, one, one of the great dads, yeah. Doesn't know how to use it, eh? All right. <laughs> uh, let's get stuck into hookers. Um, mate, we'll start with New South Wales first. I reckon yeah. we'll both have the same. Actually, one of two guys I think you could have here. Uh, for me, I had Craig Wing. No, I didn't have Wing. Okay, I'll let you talk about your guy then. I think I know who it is, and it's a great shout. Uh, but Craig Wing, for me, we sort of already spoke about spoke about him earlier. Uh, just so versatile, could come on and cover so many positions. But I think it's sort of forgotten in those early days. You know, even when you look back at 04 and 05, when Joey um, and Brad Fittler, you know, they have all these huge highlights. But you know, quite often th- those games are really in the balance until Craig Wing steps onto the field, and he just changes the tempo of the game completely um I, I used to love the way that craig wing played he obviously won the 2002 premiership with the roosters people forget he was actually uh the halfback in that team he's a premiership winning halfback craig wing yeah i think people forget that um simon benetti was the hooker in that grand final he then became the hooker for the roosters over the next two seasons i think hooker was his best spot but he was just so versatile we, we were sitting down there watching blues training i don't know if you heard it on bloke in a bar the <laughs> other day i only mentioned it 40 times uh me and maddie were down at blues training a few weeks ago and we're watching nico hines getting into dummy half and throwing passes i turned to maddie and i said "Fuck, you know what would be lovely right now and then who walked past us it was crazy wing a ding how yeah. good looking as looking as smooth as ever looking crazy. younger than when he started it was unbelievable yeah, yeah he's um not a victim, not a victim of his versatility, versatility. I think to some extent he is, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, not, not like I say, not so much only because he still got picked for the Blues and he, yeah. you know, he still ripped. He never like miss, didn't really miss selection. But yeah, Joey still talks about him as one of the most important players he's ever played with. Um, 
could, just, could play just about anywhere. I, I like it was it was a big part of the Rabbitohs Roosters rivalry, the narrative as well. Of course, when he you know South Junior and then South got booted and then he went to the Roosters and said he'd come back, but then you know why would you come back when you just won the comp or you you know sorry such a good team. Then they end up winning the comp in 02. Eventually went back to South, did it in, did a you know a wild press conference with Russell Crowe in the middle of the season, which was uh, heavily scrutinised, but all part of the show. Um, <sighs> got injured in his first year, bit of a, I think I remember it being a bit of a dog shot. I can't remember who, can't remember who it, it was. It was a dog shot. I remember uh, it was that young hooker, Riley something. Yeah, yeah. I can remember the tackle. I can't remember the, uh, yeah. They sort of got him held up and they jammed him in the yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, then went and got his cash money in Japanese rugby. So, yeah, one of the greats, were you? Isn't there a yarn with Craig Wing about when he first left South Sydney? There was, I, th- I think it was the man that used to ring the bell for you. You know, you know the bell when you came yeah, back yeah, in? Yeah, yeah, I think there was a yarn that he, um, the, the man that rang that bell, oh, I forget why, I, I, I don't want to do the story uh, disjustice, but there's um, there's been... There's been some content on the Rabbitohs page before that tells a story. I'll have to try and find it that talks about how this guy, this this elderly man, said to him, "No, no, like you've got to do what's best for Craig Wing. You've you've got to go there. Yeah, nice. And if we're ever back, then you come back." Yeah. And Craig Wing talks about how important that conversation was for him, and everything. Tremendous player, Wing. I think it also should be noted, as I mentioned, Premiership winning halfback. But that grand final in 02, I think people look back on that grand final and go, "Oh, yeah, Roosters won 30 points to eight. That game was in the balance. Oh, yeah, 8-6 to the Warriors after about 50 minutes. And the try that really turned it, Freddie comes down the short side and throws this short ball. And Craig Wing, he steps without the ball and goes into a hole and cuts straight through. And it's just that mindset that Craig Wing had, despite him playing halfback. And most halfbacks in a grand final are sitting back just thinking about what their job is next that they've got to do. This is a young Craig Wing. He's going, no, I'm just going to push off Freddie. Yeah. And just see, you know, j- just take the game on. So, yeah. tremendous player, Wingy. Um, I haven't heard. I actually haven't heard that story that you said before. I'll have to go digging for that one. Do your own research. I could be completely wrong, but I'm pretty confident it goes something like that. that this guy sort of said to him, mate, yeah. if we're not going to be in the comp, you need to go somewhere else. Don't be disloyal. Yeah. Yeah. I, there, there's some story to it about how, how it all plays out or something. Yeah, and right. then, of course, that night when the Souths come back into the comp, he's playing against them. Yeah. The night the same man the, rings the bell. The bell, yeah. Yeah, so there's a whole yarn to it that's worth having. I was hoping that you would know it. No, I don't. Off I'll by heart. That's hurt me. Um, <laughs> all right, that's my hooker, Craig Wing. Who have you got? Who did you think mine's going to be? I thought you were going to say Bedsy. Nah, he's not underrated at all. He's our best ever hooker. Are you going to go for one of like an Ennis or a Farah? Nah, I went Royce Simmons. Only because, oh, nice. only because people talk about Benny Elias. They talk about Bedsy and kind of like, a few older people say that Benny Elias is our best ever. A few people, probably younger people, say that Beds is our best ever. But wedged in between there is is Royce Simmons, who by no means is underrated, but um, probably from an Origins perspective, yeah. I guess he is. He was the hooker in the '86 series. He was there the where we I think it was a clean sweep the '87 series, which he lost, but went over to California. Um, yeah, played played ten games for the Blues. Was Penrith's first ever Aussie rep. Uh, had that amazing grand final moment uh, and speech at the end. So by no means an underrated player, but probably in origin circles, Royce Simmons, underrated. And when you have a a look back through like the history of rugby league and you look at the hooker position in particular, for me, the turning point was Royce Simmons and um, Benny Elias. So Benny Elias sort of came in and turned the hooker position from, and that's what a hooker used to be. It used to be an extra forward that would hook for the ball in the scrum. 
Yep. And that's what Royce Simmons was so fucking good at. Didn't have the unbelievable passing game of the guys you see now, but it was Benny Elias that came in and changed that position forever. He was a halfback that jumped in at hooker. Yep. Uh, the Balmain Tigers would, you know, he was their halfback essentially. They would build everything they could around the hooker. And, um, yeah, he changed the game forever. But for me, Royce Simmons is that turning point. He was the last out-and-out hooker yep. before it became a ball player. And that's when your scrum sort of became less and less relevant. Um, so the younger audience, that's why it's called a hooker. There's a reason for it. Yeah. It's not yeah. a Saturday night reference. I'll tell you that much for free. <laughs> uh, but Royce Simmons, yeah, obviously remembered for uh, that speech after that game, which is just crazy. And it's game two of the 1988 series uh, where it's handed over. It goes from Royce Simmons as the hooker to yep. Benny Elias. There you go. I think it sort of changed rugby league forever, realistically, especially that position. Anything else on Royce, mate? No, said it all. Royce the choice, champion player. Um, all right, we move to Queenslanders. <laughs> Tough. We were sort of joking this morning that, um, you know, most of our memories of actually watching Origin being old enough to remember it and enjoy it, it's been Cam Smith. I mean, for me, Matty, I think it's mostly been Cam Smith. I remember slightly just before Smithy. You probably wouldn't have too many memories before Smith, though, realistically. I literally don't. Because he debuted yeah. in 03. Or yep. No, he debuted in 02, I'm pretty 02, sure. 02, yeah. I started watching footy in 2002 because that's when Sias came back. Yep. I, I, like, seriously, I've watched barely any Queensland hookers play. Yeah, it's so, wild, eh? Like, so for me, I've got, <laughs> I've got written down like a name and notes for everyone. So like maybe like five bullet points for each person. For hooker for Queensland, all I've got is no idea. Matt Ballin, I guess. Yeah, so who came in and played around him? There was Matt Ballin, there was Jakey Friend. Jake Friend, uh, McCulloch. Um, yeah. And then wow. obviously you can't call Hunt and Grant underrated. And yeah. So I've, I've just, I guess I've gone Matt Ballin because if Cam Smith wasn't there, he probably would have played a lot more. He won his one game. Yeah, that's fair. But it's, it's yeah, tough. I don't know. It's a tough one. Yeah, I, I'd always, I, I would straight away go for... Um, Steve Walters, yeah. personally. I, and I thought you'd go with Steve Walters. Yeah. So that's why I was like, well, I can't go him either. So Yeah, it's a tough one, though. Like, you just I, – I just – I don't think there'll ever be a hooker that will be able to hold a candle to Cam, realistically. And if I could tell you, like, you, you, you talk about how I just mentioned Benny Elias being the turning point. Steve Walters was exactly the same. It was yeah. those two that really revolutionised the position and set the standard for the generations to come. And you look at Steve Walters, like – Obviously, that Canberra side was star-studded, so he doesn't get the mentions that he should, but fuck, he was a good player. Oh, yeah. Good God, he was a talent. So, yeah, and really interesting, I've told the story before that Steve Walters, he, he sort of leaves Canberra, you know, ends up uh, at the North Queensland Cowboys around Super League, then he signs with the Newcastle Knights, has an injury that ends his season and career, I believe, so the Knights need a new hooker, so they grab a fullback that they had from Taree and they get Steve Walters to teach him how to play hooker and just to show him the ropes and everything. And that kid's name was Danny Badira. Oh, so that's crazy. Such a weird little turning point, uh, the way that that played out, which led us to second best hooker origins ever seen. I would say, well, yeah, as I said before, I reckon a lot of blues fans, depending on how old you are, would say either Benny Elias or Danny Badiris. Yeah. I personally I personally hold Danny Badiris, but that's probably because I never watched Benny Elias. But yeah, for me, it, Danny Badiris would be the second best hooker ever off Origin. I think we'd both agree that Joey's best Blues player, right up there anyway. Yeah, yep. And I think if you let, oh, I know if you let Joey pick who his hooker would be, I think he'd probably take Bedsy over Cam Smith. So, 
Well, there you go. Says there a lot, go. doesn't it? I mean, yeah. It's funny about the we should another another podcast should be you know something to do with best ever Origin players. Oh, if you ask me, my immediate reaction is Joey, but there is a couple of names that you know. I, I think Freddie's pretty close as well. Freddie's right up there. And then yeah. you got someone like Laurie Daly, who was just made for Origin. Yeah. And then this is controversial, but I actually reckon Teddy's right up there too. Old. Um, yeah. In saying that, if you would have said Teddy six weeks ago, people probably don't exactly. blink at you. Yeah. I mean, hopefully in 48 hours, people are going, oh, Teddy again. Yeah, for sure. He's got but a son called If he's done in my head, I'd definitely say Joey. Joey's yeah. the best. Joey's undoubtedly the best player of all time for me, followed by Cam Smith. Um, but in Origin, there's a there's a couple of I think I think it's a it's a bit closer for the Blues. Yeah, I I do think though that if if Joey's body allowed him to play two more series yeah, for sure, shut the gate. It's probably yeah, over. For sure, for sure. But as rows. I said, he's still number one for me. Yeah, it's just worth the conversation. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, your eight in a row is probably six in a row. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, save that for another day. Um, all right, that was our hookers done and dusted. Yeah. All right, second row forwards. You want to take us away? New South Wales, Queensland. I'll leave it up to you. Well, we'll go Queensland because I've already done Nate Miles. Sorry for that. Yeah, all good. So go, go, you go. My one, uh, I had two names written down here. Uh, the first one wasn't the guy I went for, but I just want to give him a little feature. And I think because he did so much in rugby league and rugby union that he's criminally slept on, but Brad Thorne. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, you talk about what Sonny Bill did, jumping from code to code and being hyper-successful everywhere he went. Brad Thorne was that guy before then. It was just before social media and all that sort of stuff. But for a guy to be able to jump from the back row of the Kangaroos to the All Blacks on any given year, uh, unbelievable. And, of course, he was a Queenslander, Brad Thorne. So one guy I just wanted to give a mention to. But, uh, mate, the one that I simply couldn't go past and – uh, probably be a guy that the younger audience, probably when I say his name, I don't think they'll have the slightest fucking idea who I'm talking about, but Bobby Linder. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, you talk about origin players, a guy that, you know, he would just, like, I, I think if, Matt, can can you get up his, my internet's just shitting itself, can you get yeah. up his, his career? I think he played about seven years in the NRL, and I think he played for four different clubs or something ridiculous. He bounced around yep. a heap. What, so what played, he had to go? Played seven years. So the first two years with Para. Yeah. Then one year with Gold Coast. Then three years with, with Western Suburbs. And then a final year in 93 with Illawarra. So he didn't even play 100, 100 NRL games. Didn't play 100 NRL games. How many Origins did he play though? <laughs> he played 25 Origins. Yeah, so go. he played one Origin for every four NRL games. Yep. And obviously I don't have to point out to you guys, but an Origin team is picked three times a year. Yeah. Like, that is unbelievable. Played quite a bit over in the Super League as well, I believe, Castleford. Um, yeah. So play, he only played another 50 games over there. So when you have a look at that, and when, when you said he played 100 first grade, he played 97, he didn't even get to 100. Yeah, exactly. So Wild. it's if you take in Super League and NRL, the bloke played less than 100. He, he played, what, 146 first grade games between England and Australia and managed to play 25 origins in that period. <laughs> yeah, that's unheard of and probably Mate, never unheard of. And, like, even his games in the NRL, he couldn't even lock down club to be at. Like, he was at Parramatta in the post-Golden era, the Gold Coast, Western Suburbs, and Illawarra. Half the teams he played for... Parramatta is the only team that he played for that still exists. Obviously, that wasn't the Gold Coast Titans. So, yeah. just shows like unbelievable what he managed to do and how much he managed to achieve in the Origin Arena is just fucking insane. He played 24 games for the Kangaroos as well. So, if you 
combine the rep games and then have just the NRL games, it's it's one to every two. Oh my god, isn't that unbelievable? It's just that's crazy. Like every okay, let's include Super League, say three. For every three Super League games he played, he played two rep. Yeah. Or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Crazy. It's insane. Yeah. Fucking insane. I'd, lo- I'd love to get someone that One played rep. alongside Bobby Linder in the Origin Arena to talk about him because we, we can't do it justice. But nah. he was the Origin guy back then. He was the OG. Don't give a fuck who he's playing for, how he's going, whatever. We pick him and he'll do a job for us. And he did a job for them on 25 occasions. So Bobby Linder. Huge, huge shout out there. I must admit, I was not aware of that record. That is quite crazy. Yeah, crazy. Yep. Yeah. The more you think about it, the more insane it is. Um, all right. New South Welshman. I reckon we'll both have the same guy here. Bo Scott. Greg Bird. Pretty much the same. Dude. Oh, he's my lock. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jeez, I've, I've ruined your time. Fuck. You've um, let's talk Bo Scott. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about Greg Bird when we get to him. Uh, I think Bo Scott's a really good shout. Yeah. Obviously, uh, tremendous back row, but it was sort of at centre where he made a bit of a name for himself, wasn't it? Yeah, I think at centre, that's where he um, went toe-to-toe with GI, mm. just letting haymakers go, and, man, that's going to be bold to be able to do that. Um, yeah, he, but he played in the back row for New South Wales for about five or six years, um, obviously some pre, pre-lean years, but he was an extremely, extremely <laughs> important part of the drought-breaking 2014 series. He's one of the best players in game one, which I consider the best rugby league game of all time. It's certainly my favourite up at Suncorp there was the 100th Origin game. I've watched that past midnight on so many, so many occasions, that game. It's just fantastic. And then after that game, it's pretty like pretty well known that he was basically asleep in the sheds after the game. He was so exhausted, he pretty much passed out and just took a nap. That's how – and it wasn't just him as well. There was, there was a couple of others, but, but he was one of them. Um, I haven't heard that story. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was, wow. he was, he was just fucked basically. Um, absolute enforcer. I mean, it takes a lot to rattle JT, but he did his absolute best in yeah. every game he played. He he absolutely went at him. But yeah, that one on one, toe to toe with with uh, GI is, is so well, so just awesome. And I, lo- I love that about. footage of GI when he's holding him by the collar. Yeah, and he's striking and he's. And, like, for me, I think Bo Scott's one of the toughest motherfuckers of all time. And you watch that footage and you just – all I could think was, my God, this is example 10,000 of how strong GI is. Yeah. It was just ferocious. And we spoke earlier about Tony Carroll, uh, obviously the bodyguard for Darren Lockyer. They achieved so much. Um, He was Jamie Soward's bodyguard in 2010. I was just about to bring that up. Jamie Soward would absolutely adore Bo Scott, I suspect. 100%. The the ultimate odd couple – but Sowie, the best kicking game in rugby league for a two-year period. There, one of the greatest kicking games of all time, and uh, you don't you don't feel you don't feel as confident to kick unless you've got a guy like Bo Scott there to protect you. Yeah, for sure. Fuck, he was a good player, Bo he Scott. Was, he was awesome. And of he course, just, shock yeah. me. Wayne Bennett goes to a new club, does yeah. this everywhere he goes, takes a few guys with him. One of them being Darius Boyd. Who else did he take with him? Bo yeah, Scott. Bo Scott. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and he was just adored by New South Wales fans. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Finished his career at Parramatta, eh? Sorry? Finished his career at Parra? Uh, that does ring a bell. Let me I think confirm. he did, yeah. I don't think it went – I think him and Chocwatmo arrived the same year and I don't think it went overly well for Bo Scott up there, but – Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. He had three seasons. Can, can you go through his career? Where Did, did he start at St. George? Started at Sharks. Oh, Sharks. Yeah, had hair back then. That's right. Then had Dragons for six seasons, then Knights for three seasons, then Parra for three seasons. When he was at the Sharks – was he a back row? Is he a centre? What was he? 
Uh, anywhere between center, bench, or second row. Yeah. So a bit of everything. He was a classic in Supercoach too. He was uh, 2RF slash CTW. Thanks for coming. Cheers, bud. <laughs> Absolutely love that. Um, Greg Bird. Yeah, so we'll – so my my 2RF was Bird, and we'll start overlapping to our lock forwards. I get, Yeah, why not? Yep. So my 2RF was Greg Bird. Matty's lock was Greg Bird, uh, which I personally think is the ultimate compliment to Greg Bird that we've picked him in two different positions. And I would argue – Without a doubt, his best footy finish of the Wales has actually played at 5'8". 100% it is because he won those two yeah. Man of the Match awards. Three games at 5'8 for New South Wales, two Man of the Match awards, and he did them two games in a row, game three into game one. Crazy. So when you consider that Wally played 30-odd games, um, you know, of State of Origin at 5'8, X amount of Man of the Matches. I think Freddie, 31 Origins, a number of them played at 5'8. I think Freddie only got two to three Man of the Match awards. Mm. Greg Bird played... Three games at 5'8 against the greatest team of all time out of position when he was a back rower. And my man of the match twice. It's just so ridiculous. fucked. It's just ridiculous. I think Joey's got four man of the match awards. Yep. Four to five or something like that. And Greg Bird's got two from those games. So he's he's the number one guy when I talk about that period of eight in a row where New South Wales just got slapped from pillar to post. He was uh, the shining light. And I really do wish that Greg Bird played in a different era because he deserved better than that. Um, Classic, he was good at club footy, but Origin, he was just made for it. Yeah. Yeah. He he was, and still is, I reckon, close to the most loved New South Wales player of all time. Yeah. No matter no matter what he was doing, no matter what club he was at, no matter what position he was playing, everyone he was one of the first picks for the Blues in everyone's team. He just ripped in. Yeah. He just constantly ripped in and he was like just the just the Whatever we needed, whatever we like, if we needed a grub, he was there. If, whatever we needed from Greg Bird, he would do for the Blues. And I'm, I'm, I agree with you. Like, not only do I wish he was in another era because he deserved better, but he could have played in any era. Yeah, any era going back all the way to the '80s. In fact, he probably would have suited a little bit more, especially especially when him and Gal were together, just just bashing people up. He was. Oh man, I love Greg Bird. It's one of my it's one of my things in rugby league that if I want to know if I if if I want to find out if someone I'm talking to understands rugby league or not, ask them about Greg Bird. Yeah, and if they don't mention Origin, you know you're talking to someone that doesn't know what they're talking. Yeah, hundred percent. And there will be people in the comments that will go nuts about it, same as there was when I was with Donny. And it is the best red flag ever, saying I don't get footy. Yeah, I simply don't get it. Yeah, well that's that. When I think Greg Bird, I think of him just doing crazy shit in Origin. I never, ever picture him in a club jersey. Yeah. The only time I picture him in a club jersey is like a, like a image, a mental image of him and Gal standing together. Yes. In the, yeah. in the Sharks. Um, also, when Reese Walsh came out with those comments the other day, Greg Bird fucking commented on it saying, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, so good. And, oh, this is my favourite one. When Mal Meninga said something about him, a journo... A journo like pointed, put a mic in his mouth and said, oh, Mal Meninga said this about you. And then Greg Bird said, Mal said that. Well, maybe Mal should run at me. Like, like King. Just the, just the best. I, I wish he was playing right now. And both perfect. of those lines, if you put that in the mouth of 95% of players ever, you go, what a wanker. Yeah, I know. Because it was Greg, Greg and he backed it up fucking consistently. And he's not, is he at the level of Mal Meninga? Not even fucking close. Yeah. Will he be at the level of probably Reese Walsh when his career's over? I probably doubt it. 
but he showed up every time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Out of nothing but respect, not achievements, I will back Greg Bird in every day of the week. 100%. Yep. What a player. Tremendous player. Uh, so that was your lock forward for New South Wales. Yep. Uh, I had I had a few written down here, mate. Uh, I had, obviously, when Brad Fittler plays 13, I still think people sleep on Freddie as a 13. I think he's the best 13 ever. Um, but the two guys that I really looked at here, the first one is Bradley Clyde, who's similar to Glenn Lazarus. I think people consistently sleep on him. I think he is the most complete forward rugby league has ever seen. Yeah. He could do it all. He had, he had an engine in the 90s that was made for the 2020s. He could just go... All day, and he is. I say now when I watch Cam Murray, he's the closest thing I've seen to Bradley Clyde, um, and I stand by that every day of the week. But Clyde, he could just do it all. He yep. was unbelievable. There's a one of my favorite Bradley Clyde moments is this great try that he scores one day where he plays the ball on his own 40 meter line, and six seconds later, he scores the try under the sticks. Just wild. Yeah, you, ne you ne and it sounds so simple, but keep an eye, and you see every time in commentary, when the guy that plays the ball scores the try, Phil Gould almost has a fucking aneurysm on camera, loses his <laughs> mind. Keep an eye on the next time you see someone do it from their own half, yep. score the try, and then keep an eye on how many of them are forwards. Yeah, right. It's a good chance it's the only time it's ever happened. Freak, to go. Bradley Clyde. I'll have to go have a look. I just Googled. He was one of the guys who fell off the horse as well. I, I thought he was, yeah, but yeah. he didn't get injured. I think he played still. Could be wrong. Uh, I think it ruled it. it ruled him. No, nah, it ruled him out for eight weeks. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that, this is what okay. Wikipedia is. This is what fuck. Can't confirm it's Wikipedia, but yeah. Um, That's probably right then. Yeah. Ask anyone, anyone who played with Brad Clyde, and like they'd have him in their top three players ever. Yeah. Like, you're right. He was probably too early for his for his for his time. Imagine him in the game now. Oh, mate, right now he would be the best forward in rugby league by a country By, by a mile, yep. Like, he, he'd be pushing a million-dollar forward. Yeah, for sure. He was an absolute freak. He could ball play. He had the quickest, quickest play the ball in, in the game. Leg speed was tremendous. And he just had he just had that awareness of just where to be in every, every single moment. He, and obviously being part of that great Canberra side, do you reckon, like, that Canberra side is the most – like you look back and it could be one of the most just loved teams of all time. I think it's the most potent team of all time. Yeah. And I think that, I think there's something special about, because like that, that that was the first comp that had been won by a non-Sydney team, I'm pretty sure, or outside of New because obviously it's the ACT. Yeah. Oh, that, was a, that was a special premiership by a special group of guys. And I think when you look at, you know, the stars of that team, Mal Meninga, he's obviously gone into coaching. Ricky Stewart, he's gone into coaching. Laurie Daly's gone into coaching. Like, mm. all the great players in that team have gone into coaching. Bradley Clyde hasn't gone into any of that. Yeah. And I think it's sort of a bit like Glenn Lazarus. I think the great players they are has just been forgotten. For sure. A little bit by bit. Because every single time we're talking about immortals, some of the greatest minds, the name Bradley Clyde is always thrown up. Yeah. Always, and people always scoff at it. But you go and look at what he was doing back then. He was so far before his time. It was not even funny. So he was one I had right up there, mate. The other one, he didn't play too many Origins, but he's one of my favourite players of all time. You all know that I love a ball-playing 13. As I said, didn't play too much Origin, but Jimmy Dimmick yeah. uh, would be right up there with me. Do you ever have anything to do with him in New South Wales or anything? No, I, just, I think I just missed him. I might have had... One camp with him, maybe. Yeah. I don't think so though. I think I'm, I think I just missed him. 
Well, yeah. Jimmy Dimmick, he only played six games of origin. He only played one of them at lock two. He came off the bench three times, so he would have come on as a 13 there. Uh, but he won five out of his six games. Yeah, right. So not a bad record there, Great Jimmy. Record. Obviously, a Clive Churchill medalist, I want to say 95, I think it was, for Canterbury. Doggies won 95, yep. Yeah, went over to Parramatta after that. Uh, started his career at the Magpies. A tremendous, tremendous player, Jimmy Dimmick, who I think if it wasn't for your fitlers, your dailies, these sort of guys, he would have played a lot more uh, rep footy as well. I remember hearing Phil Gould talk about him one day uh, and just spoke so highly of him. Um, and, you know... He, he won his first five Origin games and in two of them played 5-8 played as well. So even mm. during that period of your dailies, your fitlers and all that, still managed to play 5-8 for the New South Wales Blues. Yeah. Pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, good, crazy, crazy. So you had your lock forward was, was Greg Bird. Yeah. Have we done Queenslanders? No. Nah. Who'd you have for Queensland, mate? Dallas Johnson. <sighs> One of the toughest yes. motherfuckers to ever step foot in a rugby league field. Definitely wouldn't survive today because nope. he would get HIA'd every three seconds. He would have got it retired three times already. For sure. For sure. And, you know, it's hard to, like, really celebrate it knowing what we know, but it was definitely celebrated back then. And in regard, concussions aside, he was a tough, tough, tough motherfucker. Yeah. Um, he was pretty much the lock for the first, I'd say, half of the eight in a row. Then I think Ash Harrison came in and then maybe Corey Parker at the back end, but yeah. um, Dallas Johnson He's one of those players where, you know, Cam (laughs) Smith always points out like, yeah, a player that I love playing with Dallas Johnson for the storm and, and for, for Queensland, just, just ripped in every single time. I, uh, I was on the hello sport podcast the other day telling the story of Ruben Cotter and all that. Yeah. I still remember the first time I saw Ruben Cotter playing, uh, was when he was 19 or 20, played hooker, he came off, then he came back on and played as a middle forward. And I remember I just sat there and went, this is Dallas Johnson all over again. Mm. This is him all over again. And then as soon as Billy Slater got made coach of Queensland, that was when I felt confident to say I'm bloke in a bar, yeah, he'll play for Queensland. Interesting. Because Billy knows what he's looking at. He's looking at Dallas Johnson all over again. For sure. Yeah, because they played a lot of games together. Yeah, a lot of games. Yeah. yeah. Tough as nails, Dallas Johnson. And not only was he tough, he like literally had an impact on every game. Like yeah. think like... For those who don't remember, like, just look at Cotter in game one. Tough as fuck gets man of the match because of yep. the, the impact he had. That's just, you're right. It's just like Dallas Johnson. It's a great comparison, actually. Yeah, it's exactly what he is. He's Dallas Johnson. The other thing about Dallas Johnson, obviously, Steve Price was the charge down king during that period. Yep. Dallas Johnson, not far away. 100%. Those yeah. little extra effort players was his bread and butter. Mm, yeah. Yeah, um, that, was a, that was a pretty pretty clear-cut one for me, big Dallas. I, I oh, actually wow. had Ash. Harrison as well, yeah, uh, floating around. Um, one of the best sledges I ever copped in my life was when Ash Harrison moved from South to the Roosters. He was our vice captain, and then he started his Roosters career. I think he might have been on the bench because it was such a stacked team. So, like, nothing against Ashley Harrison. It's just how it was. But one of the best sledges I ever copped at school was someone goes to me, ha, your vice captain plays on our bench. And it, and it just never, never, never left has you. left me. Yeah. Um, but again, uh, he was again, he was just after um, Dallas Johnson. And, yeah, he, he, was, he was great in origin too. 
All right, my lock forward, and I, I had a few names that I wrote down here. I had Dallas Johnson down there as one of them. I had Corey Parker as another one that I think is underrated. Uh, Tony Carroll, who I already mentioned. So a few there, but the one that I went for, mate, a uh, little bit old school. And to be honest with you, his origin record isn't that great. I think he won 30% of his game. So far from fantastic origin record, but I just think as a player, an absolute freak. Played played quite a bit of lock. Could also play in the back row. Could play 5'8". Uh, Jason Smith. Uh, now, Jason Smith, obviously, uh, you know, loved a beer off the field, knew how to get himself into a bit of curry here and there, played 200 NRL first-grade games uh, across a few clubs. He obviously started at Canterbury, played at the Cowboys, played at the Raiders, played at the Eels as well. So he bounced around a few clubs, made his debut in 1990, yep. finished his career in 2007. So 17 years of first grade. Only played 200, or when I say only played 209 games, you would think from 17 seasons you'd put together 400 fucking games. Yeah. Uh, but played a lot in England as well, played another 80 games over there in England. So he was a 300, uh, close to a 300 game if you include rep games and everything. But I think that he is... I used to find him so entertaining. And as I said, you all know that I love a ball playing lock. Jason Smith, there was a year, I think it was 07, mate, he went up to the Cowboys. And I genuinely think it had a huge impact on the way that Jonathan Thurston ball played. Yeah, right. You look at the early parts of his career, JT, everything was, you know, so frantic and so rushed. He obviously went to the Origin Arena and learned a lot off, you know, your, your lockies and these sort of guys. But I reckon that year with Jason Smith, I reckon he is right up there. I think Cliffy Lyons is the best ever at playing slow, being able to manipulate a defensive line by playing slow and letting them make decisions and you make your call off the back of that. And I reckon when he went up there to the North Queensland Cowboys, I reckon he taught JT quite a bit because he was a proper old school ball player. Yeah, right. Proper old school Jason Smith. And... um. You know, obviously a very casual name, Jason Smith. There's yeah. probably a billion of them around and people uh, that weren't old enough to watch him play closely probably won't appreciate just how good he was, but fuck, he could play Jason Smith. Such a good player. You, you could chuck him in the front row if you needed to. Just having a look at his um, positions play, played throughout his career. Uh, so in his NRL career, he played 79 games at 5'8", 26 at halfback, one in the front row, 80 in the second row, 94 at lock and came off the bench on 50 occasions. So he played more than 70 games each at 5'8", lock, and in the second row, and played 25 at halfback. Wow, talk about versatile. Yeah, Jeez, proper God. versatile. Yeah. So smart between the years, it was not even funny, Jason Smith. If you ever get a chance to watch that 07 season, I think it was, where he does go back and play for the North Queensland Cowboys, uh, along with JT, very, very impressive stuff that year. It was his last season. He only he played 20-odd games that year. Uh Played mostly 5'8", came off the bench a little bit, played halfback during the origin period. Very, very talented guy, Jason Smith. Do you, do you, do you have any memories of him? Or? Honestly, no. I was, no when he yeah. said it, I was like, oh, shit, I don't know what to, say. <laughs> I don't know what to add here. Um, uh, he's ve very slept on, got himself in trouble all the time and bounced around from clubs and whatnot. Uh, they reckon he's one of the greats off the field of all time in the third half. He's great, but, yeah, <laughs> Jason Smith, very, very underrated. Nice. Matty, anything else you want to add, mate? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mm, are we done? I think we're done. Oh, we are done. Wow. I just I thought we had one more for some reason. Nah, yeah, nah. Um, that was good. That was fun. The off-season is back in full swing. We'll try and get a few more episodes out to you over the next couple of weeks. As Matty said off the top, though, guys, if you have got any topics you would like us to cover as weird and as wonderful as they could be, please send myself a message, Rugby League Guru, send Matty the Waterboy a message, comment it on this YouTube podcast, wherever you might be. Let us know what you want us to dive into, and we'll, we'll try and get one out of fortnight, I reckon. Is that manageable, Matty? Yeah, I think so. I reckon we can do that. So yeah. we might try and get a couple of guests on here and there. Might get the great Timmy Williams. Oh, he, he's he'd be perfect at this. He'd love this shit. I this I'd love to know what Timmy Williams would say about Jason Smith. Oh, yeah. Remember, do you remember in Armadale? Was it Armadale? It was, it was one of them. It might have been Rockhampton, actually. Actually, I think it was Rockhampton. And it's we probably just, Rockhampton. He put on a show in Rock, Rockhampton. Yeah. And the three of us had like this 30-minute discussion about PJ Marsh. Yeah. It's just, it's perfect. I've never seen you more passionate. But <laughs> yeah. me and Tim actually quite often reflect on that. It is so we, good. We've got a quote from that little rant of yours that we say all the time. Oh, really? It's what one of our it? favourites. Yeah. I'll it? save it, but one oh, of our favourites. Okay, great. It's a cracker. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, thank you for joining us on the off-season. We will try and do another episode every fortnight or so. But please, guys, send your topics in. As weird as they may be, we are very keen to get started stuck into them try and stump us try and find something that's very outside the box yeah. that's where we do our best 100%. work so cheers legends make sure you subscribe comment like all the good stuff any players that you think we've slept on any guys we've forgotten please drop them in the comments let us know who they are Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.